and amen. He is risen. It's yes. a new year and new beginnings. You, and Lord. We are here and we're in spirit with you there and you're in spirit with us here, those that are watching online. And we just say, Happy New Year. Yes. Let's all say that. Happy, Happy New, year. New Year. Once more. <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year. year. <laughs> Amen. Did you have something? Um, we're here, you're there, whatever. Most important, you are here. He's here. Father God, by your spirit, your presence, Jesus. Amen. Oh, you're most important to us, no matter where we really are or when we're going to be listening or watching. or Right now, this morning, our, our prayers reach those. Reach those. <laughs> those that you want your love to reach. Yes, yes. So every one of us are thinking of someone else, yes. probably. Yes. Your love reaching. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your love yes. reaching each and every one of us. Thank you, yes. Lord. So as we are on the way here, um, the phrase from this, is it a hymn? Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. Yeah. We thank you this morning for your rich, pure, and strong love. Yes. I love yes. that. Yes. And this morning, this first Sunday of this 2021, we're going to have a strong focus in this service on praise and worship yeah. of our God. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus said today that worship worship in spirit and in truth. And that means from our heart, from the core of our being. And so for those of us here and for those that are with us online, let's do that together. Let's just realize, as Joyce said, he's here. Yes. Let's worship him. Let's praise him. Exuberant praise, but then worship. Thank you, Lord. And things will transact in the spirit. As we do that. Thank you, Lord. In your, our lives, I know there are some that aren't here because you're dealing with things in your body this morning. <laughs> Maybe it's for other reasons, but, but uh, things can transact in the spirit as we worship and praise. Yes. Healings can come forth. Yes. Miracles can Lord happen. In the financial Jesus. realm, too. Jesus. And you know, in the national realm. Yes. For our nation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you. Lord. Miraculous things. Yes. Supernatural things. Mm -hmm. yes. In mm -hmm. Jesus' name, yes. supernatural. Yeah. Well, we're going to worship Him. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, We're going to praise Him. Yes. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. Did you want to do that one again? Celebrate? Okay. Yes. And let's just dance and do what the Holy Spirit unctions you to do. Uh -huh. Let's praise. And Josiah, if you want to play drums, you can do a last minute. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> uh -huh. 
his resurrection with this next song i like this line his grace so free watch washes over me he has made us new in this new year thank you lord
man. Perfect. Here we go. Ready? Go for it. Okay, all the guys. <laughs> Joshua, you're leading. Okay, okay. go. There's a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prisoner doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out Everybody. of me. Swing out for Mercy. 
singing in the spirit some of you may have not experienced that before that are watching that's that prayer language that's that tongues talks about it in corinthians a lot when we're filled with the spirit when we're baptized in the spirit of god that prayer language is there for us to express God says, he that prays in an unknown tongue gives thanks well. And that's a big part of worship. It's thanksgiving. It's a grateful heart unto God. A humble heart that knows that without God, we'd be nothing. We could do nothing, truly. So we worship him. And you know, he gives us new songs. A lot of times, I believe, as we sing in the Spirit, 
Because it says that in 1 Corinthians there, it says, what is it then? Well, we'll, we'll speak with understanding, but we'll also speak in the prayer language in tongues, in unknown tongues, but we'll also sing that way. But then a lot of times what will happen if we're before the Lord and we're just singing before Him, that then English will come for us, or maybe some it's Spanish in your native language. That'll be, you may not even realize it, but it's like a interpretation of those tongues that were in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we love you, Lord.
for me, this thing of worship, you know, and growing up, we sang songs of praise and worship hymns. And it was such inspiration so often. <clears throat> and you can remain standing. You don't have to sit. You can if you want to. <laughs> but me personally, anyway, and I'm sure th there were those there, and maybe sometimes I entered the edges of it, but, you know, I really didn't learn what I'm trying to talk to you about this morning, about this kind of worship from our innermost being until I was in my early 20s and we were in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we started singing some songs that were all different than what we had heard. Some of the ones we sang earlier, you, may, you can just sit there. You're wondering now, what should I do? What should I do? <clears throat> But Joyce and I went to what was called an action group at Bob and Shirley Godfrey's home at 2965 Willow Creek Drive Southwest, Granville, Michigan. <laughs> and there were junior, oh yes, there were junior hires there. Uh, six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight, maybe some ninth graders. Maybe there were probably a few high schoolers too, but there were a lot of them. I mean, there was like 60 plus maybe kids there in the base, in their basement. It was a walkout basement. And Joyce and I had an experience that, well, I'll just speak for myself. I had never had before. I mean, I'd never hear these kids, they were singing songs, they had a guitar, and they were singing, and I was at an angle where I could see a lot of their faces, you know, to me, I was worshiping with my eyes open, you know, I was, you know, just, I'd, and I'm not saying you have to have your eyes closed, please don't, that's one thing with this worship stuff, let's not get legalistic about it. Because one person does it this way, it doesn't mean everybody has to. Or because I do it a certain way, you've got to do it that way. Let's get along, you know, type thing. And allow freedom in worship. But anyway, I saw these kids, and they had their eyes closed. They were worshiping. They knew the song by heart. I mean, that's the way we did it back then. We didn't have the projection stuff. But these new songs, we would just learn them pretty quick because we we had to, you know. They weren't up on the wall. And these kids worshiping, and their hands would go up oftentimes. And just really, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul rejoice. Then I started seeing some of them, tears starting to come down their cheeks, these junior high kids. And something happened in me. It was like a revelation. Oh, what is this singing? It's not just singing. You know, singing does affect our soul, 
into our mind. You know, it's, there's soulish things, you know, especially certain songs, and a lot different people have different songs that for them they really connect with. Some it's country western, some it's gospel, more gospel type, some it's, I'm not going to get you to all the styles and kinds, but you know what I'm talking about. Soulish things can get in there. Even our, the rhythm, you know, with our, you know, and that's great too. I mean, that's fine. But what I'm talking about goes beyond that. It's another place. It's here. It's the core of our being, expressing our heart to God in something that maybe sometimes for some it would come out with tears. Not everybody, though. I'm not saying that either. You're not really, I'm not saying you're not worshiping if you don't have tears, okay? I'm just saying this really spoke to me. Because here was this, these young people, they were worshiping God, and wow, the things that happened in that service, the miracles. These kids, they'd pray for anything and believe. They'd pray for anything and believe. They believed it. There was a corporate believing. And you know what? God is doing something here among us, I believe, bringing us to that place of corporate believing for things together. Miracles. Amen. And, you know, it's as we together go on this journey in new places of worship and praise, drinking of the wells. Hallelujah. Arliss has had visions of water and wells. Yes, I have. Can you share one of those with us, maybe? Sure. Um, <clears throat> many years ago, as we were worshiping, I saw this church like a huge fountain. And it was in the worship. It just went up. And it was a fountain that just kept going and going and going. And that speaks to me. I wanted to share that today um, because that's one of the things the Lord showed years ago that would happen here. And now that we have entered into a new era and a new decade, and thank you, Lord, we're in 2021. <laughs> we are going to see God move in amazing ways. And, you know, the Word of God talks about us being the well, a well within us. And if your well is all gunked up with stuff, He wants you to lay that down, get it out so that his water, his living water, can flow freely. And when we come in, just like today, when we come in together before him, that's when the well begins to move in all of us. I'll share more later, but that's one of the things that he showed me. So that was the, the fountain, or the yes. fountain, yes. Yep, the fountain. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the living water. He's got the water that will never run dry. So as long as we stay in him 
as long as we walk with Jesus and allow that water in us, that love of God in us to flow, it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And I saw that fountain just whoosh, you know, and people coming to take a drink of that fountain. The drink of Jesus, the drink of God's people worshiping Jesus gives forth that water that we all need. And when we're filled, then it overflows yes. to others as well. Right. And the world sure needs it today. And when we walk out those doors, we bring it with us to right. give it out wherever we are. But I literally saw just a fountain in here. So I know yeah. that God wants to bring our worship, our praise and our worship to a higher level of coming here to spend time with the Lord, coming here to worship him as we were created to do, letting him be the focus. Yes. And when we do that, when we praise and worship, there's an interchange, there's an exchange of the junk that's accumulated with us and the wholeness that comes from God. We ex there's an exchange. Yeah. It's like he's flushing out that well. Children, I believe we'll release you to go to your class right now. That's fifth grade on down, I believe. We have youth that meet Wednesday night. It's this Wednesday, right? Yes. This Wednesday at uh, 6 o'clock. That'll be here at the church house. And that's starting with 6th grade on up through 12th grade. So I guess I might as well finish the announcements <laughs> since I've started that. We're just letting the Holy Spirit, kind of, it's a Holy Spirit flow morning here. Yep. And that's what the Lord showed us that it was going to be. We have the 10 o'clock touch point. Remind you of that again. That's coming. That'll be live streamed on Facebook. And then later it's put on YouTube. That one. Um, hallelujah. You know, there's something I have for a blessed life moment that I've had in the, in the wings, you might say, for several weeks. But it just hasn't been the right time, but I believe it is today. Uh, and that's what we call these things that we're talking about, tithes and offerings and so forth. And this is sourced from Pastor Sid Litke of Port Washington, Wisconsin. But it talks about the widow and Jesus at the temple. And it's 30 A.D., and Jesus and his disciples were at the temple in Jerusalem where people put in offerings for the temple treasury. It was Passover time and the town was crowded. At feast times like this, people 
they would come to the temple and they would often give extra gifts. Uh, this wasn't their normal tithe, so to speak. It was not giving by obligation. These were special gifts that were supposed to be given as personal worship. But of course, worship is not proven by the largeness of the gift or anything external. Worship is what goes on in the heart, the spirit, like we've been talking about. And that is what we learn by the Bible's account of what took place next. And we read that in Mark 12. I believe we have that for the, the wall there. This is starting at verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you, the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. And they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, Jesus isn't saying anything against the wealthy people who gave at the temple that day. But Jesus noticed a particular widow whose heart was genuinely committed to giving as worship. Giving as worship. And we're talking about finances here. For us, it would be dollars and cents. And Jesus makes the observation that this woman gave more than the wealthy. She gave the smallest of all imaginable gifts. And it was two tiny coins. And these coins were lepta, they were called. And they were little bronze pieces weighing less than a gram each. A penny weighs about three grams. Together, these coins equaled one-sixteenth of a denarius. And in that day, a laborer could earn a denarius per day, like that was a day's wages, a denarius. So for comparison, the amount she gave was about what a laborer today would earn in a half hour, like at minimum wage. So on one hand, what made her gift remarkable was how small it was, but ironically, what made her gift remarkable to Jesus was how large it was. What makes this gift so large was that it was all the money that she had. We know that she emptied her bank account that day. She had every reason in the natural not to give. But she wanted to worship. And so in the eyes of Jesus, she gave more than those who gave large amounts of their wealth. The gifts given by others were expendable income. It didn't affect them, really, in any great way. Her gift was essential money to her. And this is how God views giving today, too. God sees the sacrifice of giving. That's where worship, the worship of giving 
really happens. The worship of giving, it costs. King David once said, I will not sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. So do we think that this widow had what she needed in the days to come? Do you think God supplied her needs? Do we think that Jesus used her this day for an illustration and then abandoned her and she starved? Absolutely not, right? We know God's not like that. God certainly cared for this woman. Jesus pointed her out because he recognized the sincerity of her heart. And ever since that day, this woman has been a model for giving, not simply because her giving ratio exceeded the gifts of others, but because the sacrifice indicated her deep love for God. Love for God and trusting him is the goal. Trusting him. That's why we can give. Sacrificial giving is a means of expressing and solidifying that closeness and trust with him. So here are some things we can learn from this incident. We are never too poor to give. Giving generously means trusting God for the future. God is honored by our love and sacrifice, not by the particular amount. And giving is worship that expresses our love for God and our trust for him. So it's not just in song that we worship him. We can worship, we do, in our giving when it's from, again, from our heart, from the core of our being, we give with a cheerful heart. Amen? And so we thank God for those opportunities. Here we don't pass a plate, but we do have boxes on the back of the sanctuary for giving of tithes and offerings, and those watching online, you can mail them to Ten Strike Church, Post Office Box 67, 10 Strike, 56683, or go to our website. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn it back your direction there. And by the way, Arliss is kind of helping to lead out in the service today. Her and I believe Glennis is going to be sharing in a little bit too. It just happens, just for your information. Well, Arliss is our current... Minnesota State Prayer Coordinator for Aglow. Have you ever heard of Aglow Ministry? That's a women's ministry. She's our, for the state of Minnesota, the prayer coordinator. And Glennis is the former Minnesota State Aglow Prayer Coordinator. I think that's pretty neat. And we get to have them both share on the same morning in our church, and they're part of our church. Isn't that wonderful? But anyway, we'll turn it back to you there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I want to give a testimony, too, and I, but I want to refer to the scripture of Psalm 37, 4 and 5. It'll be up there for you. 
And it says, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. I prefaced that before sharing this testimony. It was so awesome, and I just give God all the glory in it. Um, I was leading worship in an aglow meeting here in Bemidji. I think it was the month of September. And Julie and I were leading together. And um, we just, it's so precious when you've got a sister or a brother and you just flow together. And that morning, as we... As we were worshiping God, I experienced something I've never experienced before. Now, I want to go back to say, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I was probably 12, and I said to him, I'll do whatever you ask. I'll go wherever you want me to go. All I desire is that, you, that my life will make a difference. That was it. And that morning was so long after, because I'm now 67. You know, that's a long wait from 12 years old. But as I learned to lead worship, my heart's desire was that in leading worship, God would manifest his presence in our midst, and he would heal or deliver or really touch the life of a broken heart. And we don't always get to know what the Holy Spirit is doing, but that morning I knew it was as if, as, as Julie and I led, Jaisha, were you there that day too? I don't remember. But anyway, um, as we led the worship, I was standing just move out here a little bit. I was standing, and all of a sudden, I felt like fire from my feet go up to my knees, up and down and up and down. And you know, I'm singing, and I'm thinking, what are you doing, God? <laughs> what is this? And um, it just kept happening, and I knew I had to speak it out. I had to release it out. And when you... When, you, when people do that, when they get something from the Lord, grab a hold of it. You know, grab a hold of it for your own life. Because what happened was, this fiery feeling wasn't burning hot. I just knew it was, it was prickly, and it just kept happening and happening. And I had heard Kevin Zadai talk about, in heaven, there is a sapphire floor where it's just like fire moving over it. And um, I felt like I'm standing on that. And so this is happening to me. And while it is happening, I spoke out and I said, God is doing a miracle right now. And it just, once I spoke it out, I had to keep repeating it. God is doing a miracle right now. 
I don't know if it's for this church, if it's for those who are here, if it's for somebody somewhere else, but God Almighty is doing a miracle right now. And one of the aglow ladies grabbed a hold of that, just like grabbing something from heaven and pulling it forward, for a woman she knew that was in the hospital having brain surgery because she'd had a, a clot in her brain. And while they were doing the surgery, she had another clot happen. They did not expect her to live. And at that moment, God touched her. I didn't know her. I just heard about it the next day. God literally baffled the doctors and nurses. And he sovereignly healed her. And she is alive and well today. And so that desire of my heart happened in September. I waited a lot of years for it. But now, because of that, I have such faith that this is going to happen more and more in the midst of our worship, in the midst of our praise, in the midst of our giving. God is going to flow his love through us, and you may be the one that one day you're, you feel like you're supposed to reach out and touch someone and just bless them, and God's going to do it. It may be right here in the midst of our praising and worship. It might be for you. So I encourage you to open up and reach for what God is, is doing at the moment. Because we don't always know the person that it's for. We get words of knowledge at times. And um, I have, a, I guess, what you call a seer anointing in that I can see things in the spirit realm sometimes, especially in the midst of worship. And another um, one of those times I've told you about, but I'll say it again, and that is, um, right here in church, during worship, I saw the biggest, most beautiful waterfall just coming, like it seemed like from heaven. It was just coming and gushing over. It was like bubbling over at the top and coming down. And the water was white and turbulent, you know, how water would be when it's gushing down. But it had silver and gold in it. It was sparkling and so beautiful, and I knew it was God, that he is going to pour out his spirit right here. And so I wanted to speak that forth at this head of the year, 2021. And, um, yeah, just to bring it forward. Okay. We're going to be singing a song coming up here, but I first want to talk about the, let's go to John 4.10. It's talking about Jesus being the, um, meeting the woman at the well, okay? And Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am, and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink. 
and I would give you living water. And I want to read below. The well was a spring-fed well. It was Jacob's well. It became a picture of the spring of the Jacob life. Jesus sat as a lid to Jacob's well. I hadn't thought about that before. Sealing its polluted stream, in Christ, Jacob's clever striving has ended. A living well became a lid to Jacob's well as Jesus sat there ready to give his living water to all who would come and drink. A well sitting upon a well. What Jesus wanted was the refreshing, satisfying pleasure of her devotion. And he says to each one of us, Nothing satisfies me except you. He loves you so much. He wants to spend time with you and you to spend time with him. The sinner drank of the Savior, and the Savior drank of the sinner, and both were satisfied. So as you think of yourself as a well, and Jesus as the living water, how thirsty are you for him? Do you want more of him? He created us to worship him. He created us to have that life-giving water in us to give out and to those that are thirsty. So, Lord, I just want to pray right now that as a church, the ecclesia, that, Lord, you would give us a greater revelation of being a well and when you live in us, your living water comes forth out of us. And through repentance, you help us to clean out our well. So in this beginning of 2021, pray with me this prayer. Jesus, I ask you, to cleanse my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit, man. That your living water will flow out of me unhindered. I come here to drink of you and I pray you would multiply the flow of the water of life in my life, my families, and wherever you send me. In your name, Jesus, I thank you and praise you. So we're going to move into a song, a worship song.
this might be new to you, but it talk, it's called dwelling places. You know, the Ark of the Covenant, he lives in us. His glory, his presence is in us. We're his dwelling place. So if you feel like standing to worship in this song, do so. If you feel like kneeling, kneel before him. But most of all, open your heart to him and release your love to him today.
sing it to him. It's a love song. If you can stand, stand up. If you can't, that's okay. But let's worship him with our whole heart.
to have you share it. There's a mic right there. Yeah, Jesha, why don't you bring the stand down here? They made this one specially for me. I think Mark did that. I just want to share a little bit what's going on and uh, take, uh, I've been in Psalms 91 for quite a while now. I've, I read it in the Passion Version and I've personalized it uh, and typed it out and every day practically I read it and, and renew the promises in it and thank the Lord for his protection and care that he talks about in that uh, Psalm. So I want to start out with the first two, uh, two verses that I'll read to you from the Passion Version. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. And that's a good promise to take into the new year. He is the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me and the only God for me and my great confidence. So that sets the tone. Uh, in the kingdom dynamics in the, in the New King James Version, it says, when we make the Lord our refuge and habitation by trusting him, taking our cares, fears, and needs to him, by seeking his counsel, spending times of refreshing with him and by loving him and walking closely with him through every day we enter into a sheltered place of promise and that's been talked about already and prayed about in the prayer room before the service about entering that secret place of shelter of the most high and it's a good beginning to the new year to remind yourself not only to run there when you have a need or when and abide there and it's our dwelling place which speaks more about um, living there every day just being in that secret place that we don't have to run there um, I want to draw attention to to uh, verses 1 And nine, it says, when you sit in the secret place of the Most High. And so all the promises in the Psalm 91 that some of you know as well as I do or better um, are contingent upon us sitting in that secret place, us dwelling daily 
in that uh, comfort of the Holy Spirit and in the place that he has prepared for us to, uh, to find comfort and answers to our concerns. to uh, read a few of the promises here and comment on some of them. In verse 4, it said, his massive armor, his massive arms are wrapped around us, protecting us. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. Have you ever just longed for a hug. Children do that, don't they? They run to the mother and the father and the older sisters and brothers just to have a hug. They just feel, I need a hug. And even at my age, I'll come to my husband someday days and just say, I need a hug. Please put your arms around me. And um, But we have those the promise of his... Um, his arms around us, keeping us from harm. And um, sometimes I experience that in a very practical way. Uh, a few months ago, I was driving into town, and um, I was on my way, and I thought, well, I can change the CD that's in because it wasn't the one I wanted to listen to on the way to town. So I started digging down here to get the CD that I wanted. And then when I looked up, I realized that I was heading for the ditch. And I quickly started trying to stabilize the car on the road again. And with the Lord's help, I did. And I didn't run into the ditch. And then I realized that I had put, uh, put the car already into cruise control, and that's why I didn't slow down and wavered so much as I was turning it back on the road. But the Lord took care of me, and I stabilized myself in the uh, car and continued on my way to town listening to the wrong CD. But... <laughs> But sometimes we all have those experiences, don't we? Where we know and we feel his care and his arms around us protecting us. And other times we take it for granted or we, we are protected and don't feel, feel it. But uh, sometimes it's revealed to us. One time my daughter was uh, going back to War Road where she taught school after a weekend at home, and the road had about this much slush on it. And she lost control. She called from when she could and told me about it. She lost control of the car, and the car went into the ditch uh, in the woods by Nebish. And she said, Mom, I know there's angels. She said, because... Um, I, did, I couldn't steer that car anymore. I knew it was completely out of control. And it went between two trees and barely scratched the light on one of the fenders. And uh, the Lord provided a local man who was driving by 
and he stopped and helped her out of the car, helped her out of the ditch, helped her car, get her car back on the road, and, and she went back to work. But it was a moment when it was revealed to her that when she was out of control, the angel took charge. She said, I know that someone must have steered that car. And, and the man who picked her up and helped her uh, made a joke with her. Uh, said, um, I would hire you to drive trucks for me if you want to. Because <laughs> how could you drive down into the ditch and go between those trees the way you did? Anyway, um, Psalm 91 offers, uh, tells us that angels are appointed to us in verse 11. God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Have you experienced them? Have you seen them? Have you known they were there? Sometimes you don't know they're there, and sometimes you feel that they're there, but don't see them. It isn't very often that we see um, them. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them under your feet. We meet uh, for a glow prayer on Tuesday morning, and one of our leaders is Doreen Mitby, which used to, many of you know who she is, and she's always trampling under her feet. <laughs> Things of the enemy, including the COVID. I think every week she tramples COVID under her feet. <laughs> Verse 14 and 15, I also want to read. The numbers are so small in this uh, version that I can hardly see them. Here is what the Lord has spoken to me, because you have delighted in me as your great lover, I will greatly protect you. And there is a contingency there again, isn't there? When you delight yourself in me, I will protect you. I will greatly protect you. I will set you on a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer her. Your cry for help every time you pray, and you will find and feel my presence. Now, I want you to notice, and probably many of you have when you're trying to claim this verse and this promise, I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. Does that happen? Can we really believe that? Well, I want you to notice, it doesn't say, I will immediately answer you, does it? That immediately that we really want is missing. And sometimes he tells us that we have to wait on him. And I was blessed listening to the touch point on Wednesday because um, it talked, um, they, they mentioned one verse I don't remember whether it was Steve or Joyce. Um, that God is good to those who wait for him. 
And there's many, if you look in the concordance, there's many verses in the Bible about waiting on the Lord. So sometimes we have to wait for those answers. But we can be sure he is going to answer. And so our waiting is productive. And then it, this verse comes from Lamentations 3.25. God is good to those who wait for him. And, and another verse that supports that idea, Isaiah 30, 18. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And we have those periods, don't we, where we wait for the answers. And, and we, can't, um, we can say that he hears our cry, and we can say that he will answer our cry, but we can't always answer the when, can we? During those times of waiting, we have to apply 2 Corinthians 10.5. And I'll read that to you in the Passion Version also. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Now that's discipline, isn't it? Where we discipline our thoughts. And part of the depression and the condemnation that I have experienced during the last year for different circumstances are because my thoughts weren't disciplined. And I was concentrating on fear, I was concentrating on the what-ifs, I, I was taking the condemnation for certain actions on myself, and so on. And, and uh, so th this time of waiting for answers does require something of us, of going into that secret place again, and confiding in him, and trusting him, and, and saying, praise the Lord like we've been doing this morning, even though you name the circumstance. And that's how we'd like to go into the new year, hanging on to what he says and going into that secret place and disciplining our thoughts to stay there and not go up and down. Someone is... Uh, compared, I remember uh, Reverend Goodrich used to prepare, uh, used to talk about the sparrow going up and down. And God didn't say that we would be like the sparrow. He said we would be like the eagle, soaring. And so that's what uh, disciplining our thoughts help with to keep us on the right track. I've had someone who's uh, called me several times during this past year, and she's been in uh, bad cir circumstances, and she ends up crying, and, and she's saying, what did I do to deserve this? And, and is trying to figure out the why of it all the time. And me, I, I can advise her or tell her verses 
from the Bible or their experiences. I, I said, I'm not going to lose my faith over this. I'm going to not give up and, and, have, and insist that I know the reason for this. You do not deserve this. It's the enemy. And, and, but I've, I've told her, I don't know how many times, that, that uh, I don't have the answers for you. I don't know the answers for you. But I'm still going to choose to follow the Lord Choice. and to trust in him for the answers. I want to end by uh, reading a verse from Psalm 92. And um, I always have to go into Psalm 92 after I've been through Psalm 91. <laughs> Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph. And this is the verse that I want to take into the new year, and I want you to take into the new year. That the Lord had, hasn't, doesn't have defeat in our future and his hopes for us, but he has triumph. So I would just like to end with a prayer about that. Yes. Yes. Lord. Yes, I was going to ask you to pray. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, we look forward to times of triumph. We want to have Amen. an atmosphere of expectation yes. Yes. for triumph and not defeat. Yes. We want to keep close to your words and your scripture that you've given us and your promises. And we want to sense and feel your love and your grace and your mercy. Yes. You've promised us that we will sense it and feel it and know in our deepest place of knowing that you are working even when we don't sense and feel it because that's what you've promised us that things will go be working for our good because you have given us that great gift of salvation and being in your kingdom thank you lord Amen. Thank you, Gladys. <clears throat> Praise your name, Lord Jesus. I believe you probably had a little more to share yet, Arliss, but I think that's going to wait till another time. As Gladys just admonished us in the area of waiting, <laughs> we will do that. But there are I think two more things. Glennis, or Joyce, maybe, will you bring that back to Pastor Dean, the microphone? Um, there's two things that I want to do before we go. <clears throat> One is I want to share this vision that Pastor Dean had. I don't know if it was September 6th or if that's when he actually wrote it down. But I'm going to read it, and then, Pastor Dean, if you have any more just to add right now, you can do that. If you don't, that's fine, too. But um, 
I was, you know, just looking ahead as a congregation, and we're talking about worship and the place we are in worship. And we got into some pretty special times there this morning of worship. Uh, we're going to learn to continue to flow in that. You know, that was an interesting thing with this action group I was telling you about, those Monday nights. And it was Monday night that they met. I mean, the whole week of school was still ahead of them. But they would totally lose track of time. Didn't they? How long were those action meetings? Hours, it seemed like. I mean, two, three hours. I don't know what time they started either. Did they start at seven or six? Or, but anyway, they would just worship the Lord. And but, um, this is what Pastor Dean wrote down. In the middle of our worship, this was probably in September. In the middle of our worship time, the spirit world opened up to me and I saw Jesus as head of the church standing at the door of heaven. I did not have interaction with him. I was an observer, but I did share what he was experiencing in his heart. As, as we were worshiping, he was standing and looking down upon the events of the service. He was observing the corporate spirit of the TCC congregation. He was evaluating the spiritual growth and developing of the church body. He held in his heart the plan to move in a visitation soon. He was standing as if ready to move. He also was comparing the condition of corporate life and he desired that he desired in the congregation and the reality of where we, we are. I saw a very limited need for pruning, more pruning. And as I looked, I noticed that my heart was not reaching out for mercy, but was in quiet agreement with his wisdom. Also, all through this vision, I was catching a bit of the glory of what he desired to bring into manifestation, the solemn awe of being in his presence the quieting of man's soul and taking our position before him. We know in part, but what I saw was wonderful. Was there anything you would want to say to that? Amen. Main thing is that he is here, he's involved, he's watching, he's working, and we can connect with him very easily. It's not hard to enter into his presence. We come by, some, by uh, simple humility and submission, love and faith, and we just reach out to him. We draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. Amen. So it's not complicated. Very simple. He's here. And we worship him. And it is the truth. Like Glennis mentioned, the angels, you know, the awareness of their being with us. I just had the thought when she said that, that they're here right now. And as she was talking about them, you know, I, 
that the, the presence of angels in our lives, I just had the thought of them looking at each other and giving a wink, you know, like, yeah, they're acknowledging, we, and we are here. We are here. Um, Lord, how do you want me to do this last part here? You can maybe get one song ready to close with, too, if there's one that seems like you would close with. But there's some pretty important days, I sense, for our nation ahead in these next few weeks. And to be honest with you, I haven't watched the news a lot lately, but I have been praying a lot. And... um I I just am in a place where it troubles me greatly that if it's true that there was fraudulence in the election and that the vote counts were not true that that be made known and that it be exposed. Now, I will accept whoever is truly elected as president and I'll pray for them. Lord brought me correction on that years ago when someone got in that I didn't want to be in there, you know, that I hadn't voted for. But we are to pray for our president. But my heart is so gripped with this thing that it is true. It's a true election. I don't know, has anybody else had that? Please affirm to me, raise your hand or something if you've had that. <clears throat> and so I'd like to pray about that together. And... Uh, It's because it is not just for now. It's for every election that will follow. Revelation. <laughs> so we thank you, Lord. Your truth is marching on. The revelation of your truth. We release it in the spirit realm. Thank you, Lord. And the truth is that the hope of our nation, the salvation of our nation, is not in any man. It's not in any human. You know, it's in the Lord, and we need revival. But And that's where we need, as Arliss was talking about, the waters. We need to be drinking of the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit where it's pouring out from us all around us in every area of life. But you know, this is an area where we need to stand in prayer as his people, and not give up, and not faint. Are you still hanging with us out there, online? <laughs> <clears throat> you know that we need to stand strong, believing for the salvation of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Amen. deception is never right. Fraudulence is never right. Truth is what makes us free. Our nation, a hallmark, is liberty and freedom and truth. 
Without that, it's not the United States of America as I've known it. And I so want that for my children and grandchildren. Amen? You out there? So, I'm not sure I'm the one that's supposed to be leading in prayer for this, but I haven't gotten anyone strong in my heart necessarily to do it, so I'll, I'll lead out and please pray for me as I pray, and then we'll all pray for, but I believe it makes a difference. Our voice, our prayer, joined with mm-hmm. others. Amen. all across this nation this morning. So God, we look to you in prayer. In the name of Jesus, we come before you on behalf of the United States of America. Lord, we pray that anything hidden will be revealed And that those in authority in our nation will stand up for truth. Mm -hmm. Those in our Supreme Court those in the legislative bodies the Senate and the House of Representatives And we pray for our president and vice president and their place. And Lord, a big part of what we're praying for now is the thing of truth with the election that took place on November 4. That your hand would pierce the darkness anything any veil that is hiding things that need to be exposed and need to be revealed that your hand will come forth we believe it's at a point where it's probably beyond the natural and well we need we need your hand and so we pray for that today joining with probably millions of believers across this country and even other countries we're leaving for rightness, righteousness to prevail with this election. And then, Lord, then our hearts will be clear to stand behind whoever it is that is truly elected, duly elected. We know we must do that. Pray for all those in authority, including our president and vice president, whoever that is. Mm-hmm. I know Adam and Vicky. Am I missing something? I don't know. I, you come to my mind, Adam and Vicky, right now. I don't know if there's something there that you want to pray about. If you do, just indicate it. If not, that's fine.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, I see they got them. Maybe you're still, are you, you got something, Doug? You could pray too. <laughs> He's got the mic ready there. Lord, we believe in you. We trust in you. Glennis gave us the word of wait this morning. We don't like to wait. We don't like that part. But they that wait upon the Lord, that's uh, becoming intertwined with him. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yehovah. Yahweh. Praise God. Was there a song that you wanted to close with? There. Yeah. Let's stand up so, to sing a song as we... <clears throat> I was going to share that as we sing this, that it talks about welcoming the presence of the Lord, and we just welcome his presence over America and whoever is left to make decisions or what all the different things. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Just like you promised, you've come, you're here, and we welcome you, we love you, we declare your goodness, your life, your love. Thank you, Lord, over America.
doors of heaven to open for visitation upon this land. Amen. Your visitation, Lord. Visitation. Where reviving comes in the church and awakening comes. Amen, Father. Awakening to the truth and to the light. We pray for it, Lord. From Minnesota to Texas, New York to California, Washington to Florida, everywhere in between in Jesus' name over this land. Visitation of your Holy Spirit. And may we be our part, be the part you have called us to be as individuals, as families, and as 10th Street Community Church. In Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Happy New Year. Amen. Happy New Year. Let's all say that. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, everybody, for helping.